Hello, friends. Yeah, welcome back to an episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Quip, FabFitFun, and Rothy's. All cool stuff I will tell you about later. Maybe I'll give you a discount code, you know? I probably will. I think you can pretty much count on it. Don't skip the ad because you're going to want the code and you're going to want to get in on this stuff. Uh, how are you? It is so freaking hot in my apartment. This is the time of year where podcasting gets very hard because I cannot have my AC on while I do it. So I'm just roasting the entire time. My guest is roasting. It's just not fun at all. My underboob sweat is so... It's just really cooking with gas. Um, so this weekend, uh, I think I had, I've lived in LA for like 11 or 12 years and maybe I'm forgetting a story, but I want to say that what happened this weekend was probably one of the most like crazy ish mm-hmm. LA stories I've ever experienced with like a celebrity. So I'm going to tell you this little story before I get to my podcast guest who is, it's this is gonna be a good one guys you'll hear about it in a second okay so my friend Rachel same name different spelling was visiting um and we all went out to dinner and uh me her and then our other two friends Chris and Walter and her daughter but her daughter went to bed at this point in the evening so we uh decide so they're staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel and in the Beverly Hills Hotel there is like an iconic restaurant lounge called the polo lounge so after we get back we all decide to go grab a drink at the polo lounge and so we're sitting at the bar and uh all of a sudden you hear this voice of a woman go everyone shut up everyone just be quiet i gotta call my daughter paris we're like huh and kathy hilton i mean she could have just listen i'm not saying she was drunk because that's not fair for me to speculate and i'm not trying to gossip i'm just trying to tell you a funny story so she she could just be full of freaking personality i don't know um so she because it was hilarious and she was so nice but so she's like i gotta call my daughter paris be quiet everyone we're like oh okay by the way when i say this is like one of the most iconic fancy restaurants and lounges in all of Los Angeles. This isn't like, you know, like a bar. It's like really fancy. And so she stands up and she's, and by the way, let me just add, she looks incredible. She doesn't look, she looks 30 years younger than she probably is. Like she really looks unreal. So she stands up in this leopard jumpsuit and she's like, I got to call my daughter Paris. And Begins to publicly FaceTime with her daughter, Paris Hilton, and um, decides to involve the entire lounge and restaurant into it. Going up to each table, handing them the phone, telling them to talk to her daughter, Paris. By the way, Paris is so chill the whole time. If that was my mom, I'd be like, Mom, go to bed. Hang up the phone. Like, it must be a regular occurrence. So then she walks up to us and... um, my friend Walter is like 23 and like he's just like a little flirt or whatever. And he so Kathy hands the phone to him and he was like, Paris, you look gorgeous. And he, and he starts going, Paris, you made Kim Kardashian. We all know you did. And Paris is like, thanks. And then <laughs> my friend Chris begins to videotape this whole thing, which I'm not going to release that video. That's not cool. Uh, but he he does. And um, 
he's videotaping the whole thing and then she ends up phone to my friend Rachel. Rachel's like, Rachel's being really warm and sweet with her too. Like Rachel doesn't live in LA and she's just a nicer person than me. Um, and she's like, Paris, you look gorgeous. And Paris is like, thank you so much. And by the way, it's late at night. It's like midnight. And Paris was in Texas, I guess. But somehow it was like really bright. It looked like she was on a tour bus or something. It was pretty bright in there. And she was wearing sunglasses in the middle of the night. Like it was just exactly what you would picture. And like a side ponytail. Like exactly what you would picture Paris Hilton to be doing. And then Kathy hands the phone to me. And I'm literally like, I don't know what to say. This is so awkward. So I just look at her. I was like, your mom handed me the phone. Uh, I don't know what you want or she wants for me. Uh, hey. And Paris is just like laughing and like awkward. And I'm like, cool. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, I don't, this is so, like, I'm not fanning out right now. I just am like, I, I don't know what to say to you because I, I don't care. I, I more just want to watch your mom in all of her glory right now. That's not what I said to her. I was basically just like, can I like, can I be done now? Can I not be talking on FaceTime right now to Paris? Because I feel like she was forced into this. This is just real awkward. And so I hand the phone back to her mom and her mom, and her mom keeps calling Paris. So Kathy keeps calling Paris, mommy. She keeps going, mommy, mommy, did you win the race? I don't know what race Paris was. Maybe she ran a 5k. Who knows? Maybe she ran a marathon. Um, and so then she hangs up the phone after quite a while. And, uh, the bartenders, uh, I, th I felt like they were shutting down early. I don't know what time the polo lounge normally shuts down. I'm never see. This is why these these like LA experiences don't happen to me that often because I go to bed before shit goes down. Like I'm you know I go to bed early. I'm not that fun, um, but I was being fun because I had a friend in town, and so I, I mean I'm with Kathy on this. I'm behind her. It did feel like they were shutting down a little early, so they start shutting down the bar and Kathy starts yelling at them. Not yelling, so talking loudly going, I will buy this whole hotel. Like, you can't shut it down. I will buy it. And frankly, she probably could. Um, and so she wanted to keep the party going. So she invites a room full of strangers back to her house. And I think she was maybe with one person that she knew. That kind of was revealed later where I'm like, we. I realized, like, there was a couple gay guys with her. And, like, I asked them, I was like, do you know, are you guys with her? And they were like, no, we just met her. And they're like, but we're, you know, we don't want her to like get taken advantage of. I was like, I feel the same. Like, don't invite, like, there was like a group of like early 20 something year old uh, girls that were definitely tourists who like, you don't invite complete strangers back to your house. Like, you're a very rich woman. Like, don't do that. Like, don't, you don't want to get robbed or like, just don't do that. Um, just don't invite strangers back to your house anyways. Um, so she invites like the entire bar back to her house. And my friend Rachel, Walter and Chris had left by this point. My friend Rachel, um, wanted to go because she wanted to see her house and Rachel wasn't wearing heels. I was. So Rachel was quick to get, uh, in the car. She got in the front seat of the car that Kathy's like driver was driving and uh, a bunch of other people p pile in. And I was like, 30 feet behind so like when I got to the car there wasn't a seat and I was like thank god I don't want to go because I just I, I knew it was like it was gonna end up being so awkward but I mean probably it would have been cool if I would have saw her house but like also like this woman doesn't want strangers in her house like she 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 would have regretted it I'm sure and so when I get to the car there's like not a seat and so I was like Rachel like come on we're not doing this and she was like no come on I'm like really and then, so Rachel gets out of the car, and one of the people that worked at the hotel was like, it's probably the probably a good decision. And we were like, why? And he's like, 
she's probably going to be passed out by the time she gets home or whatever. Like, it's not. Um, so we didn't end up going, but it was just, it was just so surreal and so weird and also awesome. Like, listen, Kathy may not have been drunk. She may just be like, I'm fabulous. I'm so rich. I deserve this kind of attention. And I can't blame her because she was pretty fabulous and awesome. And yeah. And I I can't believe how chill Paris was being about it. Like she was happily talking to everyone and not embarrassed of her mom. So so there probably was no reason to be embarrassed. I don't know. It was hilarious. I got that. That's it. That's all on that subject. Okay. Now for the podcast. Oh, by the way, I want to remind you guys, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast five stars and leave a good review. It just helps keep it going. It also means a lot to me. And um, someone wrote a not a nice review the other day, so I need like 10 good ones. Let's go with 50 good ones to make me feel good again because I just, I can't, re- I can't read negative stuff about myself. I don't like it. I don't even really read, like I refuse to read really anything about myself, but if I'm going to on my podcast, I'll like list the uh, reviews by most favor- favorable so I can just get a little pick-me-up. Like I don't need to read the mean stuff. It doesn't feel good. So if you guys want to make me feel better, please go on. Subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars. Um, and you guys are awesome. You know I love you. And also, if you're listening to the podcast, while you're driving, well, don't text or screenshot while you drive, but you're working out or at work, like, take a screenshot of it. Put it on your Insta story. I'll repost it. I like seeing where and when you guys are listening, and hopefully the podcast is entertaining you or helping you or whatever. And if you're in Seattle, Washington, come to my show on August 22nd. Uh, get tickets at rachelobriancomedy.com. And the rest of my summer dates are going to start to fill up. I, uh, I'm i working with a new booker right now, and we are filling the rest of 2019 up. So I will have, I'll have some more dates for you coming to a city near you. DM me where you want me to come. Rachel, R-I-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N on Instagram. Let me know what city you're in, and I will try to come there. Okay, I am super excited about this podcast. Um, so, Dirty John uh, is a. I'm just going to read you the synopsis. If you didn't, if you did not see or listen to the podcast or see the show, so uh, Deborah Newell has the perfect life from the outside. She is successful, beautiful, lives in Newport Beach, one of California's most desirable coastal cities. The only thing missing from her life is love. So when she meets the charismatic, handsome, and charming Dr. John Meehan, she is swept off her feet. He wasn't a real doctor, was he? Hold on. She is swept off her feet in a whirlwind romance. Her daughters, Tara and Veronica, set out to prove that he's just a con man after they are displeased at the fast-tracked relationship and decide to investigate their mother's new beau for themselves. As Deborah gets drawn deeper into his lies, the psychological manipulation has consequences for the entire family um so this is a true story uh and this did not happen that long ago um and you know this is a sensitive subject so I guess I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer um my guest today is the real Tara Newell who uh was attacked by John Meehan in the parking lot of her apartment he attempted to kill her but she uh had some fighter instincts and she was really obsessed with the walking dead and knew a kill sh- how to do a kill shot and um she was able to defend herself and uh 
and she killed him. Thank God. He was a monster of a person. I mean, I should never say thank God for murder. You get what I'm saying, though. It's, you know, she, she, it was wonderful that she survived. And she is just a really, really strong girl. And she has a lot of incredible advice for how to spot red flags in, you know, people like this, people you date, uh, a lot of good, interesting stuff that I'd heard about before, like uh, love bombing, like how some men do that to women and they kind of try to isolate them. And she just, she, she tells her story. She tells her story of survival and, you know, the aftermath, how she's dealing with it, uh, and, and gives some stuff that you would never know from listening to the podcast or watching the show. So it's a really interesting insider look. Um, she's awesome and can't wait for you guys to hear from her. So without further ado, give it up for Tara Newell. Oh my God, Tara, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. I have to tell you, I, well, also I need to announce that my best, one of my best friends, Carrie, set this whole thing up. Like I would have never know, like known how to contact you or whatever. So Carrie, say hi. Hi guys. <laughs> so Carrie Martin uh, is the host of a podcast called White Wine True Crime. And you guys connected at a podcast meetup. Yeah. But I was obsessed with Dirty John because I... So, like, I didn't really listen to a lot of podcasts except for my own for the most part for a while. And I barely even listened to my own. I was just sort of like, I'm the only podcaster in the world. And then someone told me about Dirty John and I became obsessed with it. And I would, like, tell everyone I knew to listen to it. I was like, this is the craziest story. And in no part of my brain did I ever think that you would be sitting across from me. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. It's very cool. So there's different kinds of like podcast styles out there. I think there's like a format that you like, Rachel, which is the serious documentarian style. Like you also love to live and die in LA. I love that one. Yeah. Right. And so that's how I became because at first I was more of a spectator. And then once I heard about Dirty John, I was so interested in the story and then it became a became a tv series yeah it's 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 an incredible incredible story and i think that the la times and wonder did a great job with doing it but um before we get into all that i feel like you probably do a lot of podcasts and that's all they talk about is that part of the story but like pretty much so yeah but let's talk about you like you're a whole other person besides this incident that happened which you're a hero for so thanks i wanted to warm up with some quick fire questions okay 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 um what's your most used emoji oh wait let me feel look. free feel free to check <laughs> i think it's the one where it's like the happy face with the like excited hands oh that's a good one i never right. used that one carrie what's yours eggplant eggplant whoa oh whoa that's whoa. a sneaker what are you texting the people yeah <laughs> you text a lot of guys that is not really You've never sent me an eggplant, frankly. I feel insulted. All right. Okay, so it's the excited hand one. All yes, right. it is for sure. Okay, I like it. All right, what's your favorite movie? Oh, um, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Okay, I like yeah. it. Describe yourself as a teenager in three words. Like really sweet, and then like I felt like I had a wild side. So sweet, wild, and then like... Just Californian. Yeah. 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 You, your whole family seems super Californian. Yeah. Obviously you're from there. <laughs> Wild side, like, did you ever get in actual trouble? I'm, okay, so. <laughs> 
with one of my ex-boyfriends, like my very first boyfriend, um, I like drank a little bit and I was like, you drive my car. You don't have a license, but you're sober, so you drive my car. And we decided to go off-roading. So <laughs> I got my car stuck in a volleyball court. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, and I'm also I'm like, where the hell do you off-roading in Orange County? Well, you go to a park. What? what? <laughs> this is, wait, this is shocking to me. No, that sounds like a beach. Well, no. You're not allowed to drive on beaches in California, are you? Well, you're not allowed to drive in the beach or the park, but we just thought it was a bright idea to go to the nearest park and go off-roading <laughs> at the park. This is hilarious to me. And then they had a volleyball court, and then he was you're driving. You're just, like, driving through the park. We're like, oh, there's, like, a swing set right there, and, like, yeah. you're just... Well, it was like a big park with lots of grass. Okay. So we were trying to stay on the grass, but then he went into the volleyball court thinking I had four-wheel drive, and I don't have four-wheel drive. Oh, my God. So you got stuck in the sand. Yes. Question. So were you guys still driving while you guys weren't hooking up, or were you looking for a place to park? Oh, no. He was just like, we were just going off-roading, and like, it wasn't even about hooking up with him. It was just about like... Oh, I'm drunk. Let's go We're have so some crazy. fun. Let's go have a fun time. And like legit, I did not want to hook up with him. Yeah. I just wanted him to take me off roading this time. I just don't know why this is so <laughs> funny to me because I'm from a really small town where people did go off roading. Like we had like cow fields and you could drive on the beach <laughs> yeah. and like people and logging roads of like that off roading was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I'm thinking like you're from Orange County. Like there's a yeah. really fancy mall near where you're from. Like that's all I know from. You yeah. can't drive. Where do you go? So you just went to a public park. Yeah, to Settlers Park in Irvine. Where you were a little wild. Like, yeah. For sure. And so I was drinking underage and, you know, I was tipsy. I was responsible enough to be like, I'm not going to drive my car. Yeah. But, you know, give it to the guy that doesn't have a license who's sober. Yeah, for sure. Why not? Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, I love that. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Um... I hate the cap off of the toothpaste. Yeah, that bugs me. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay, good one. Um, if you could be from any decade or era, what would it be besides this one? Probably the 70s. Good they looked time. like they had a lot of fun. Best you know? music. Yeah, lots of like smoking weed, like hippie good vibes. All right, yeah. I'm with you on that. What's your favorite TV show? The Walking Dead. Well, that, that will play into all this. <laughs> and I like The Bachelor. Okay. Yeah. The Bachelor doesn't play it. Well, could it? I don't know. Finding out red flags and... Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one. Your spirit animal can be an actual animal or a notable person. Spirit animal. Um, like you can be like, oh, I've seen myself as a horse. I'm wild and free with long flowing hair. Or like my spirit animal is Oprah because she's a billionaire. <laughs> I want to say a cat. I don't think mm -hmm. I'm exactly like a cat, but you know, I'm very independent. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I guess a cat's my spirit animal, even though I like, like cats, but I'm not wanting a cat in my life. You okay. know, I I'm like dogs more. I'm a dog person yeah. as well. Okay, cool. I feel like that, that rounds you out a little bit. Did you go to college? I went to trade schools. Oh, for what? So I went to cosmetology school. I could have guessed that because you're very good at makeup and oh, your you. hair is perfect. Thanks. Um, and then I went to bartending school and then dog grooming school. Oh, yeah. You were doing, I feel like the dog grooming, were you working at a, a pet grooming place during the whole 
shebang. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was working at a dog kennel and doing dog grooming there. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. Looking for something to give your dad or celebrate your new grad? Get them a one-size-fits-all gift, like a new oral health routine with Quip. I'm obsessed with Quip. The guiding features make sticking to good habits simple, and signing them up for a subscription helps them save and refresh their brush on time. With the Quip electric toothbrush, you can show your thanks where it really counts. Okay, so here's why Quip is so awesome. They have sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. And I have really sensitive gums. I didn't know I was brushing way too hard. And they have a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you to clean your whole mouth evenly because up to 90% of us don't brush for the full two minutes or clean our mouth evenly. And Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. I truly, truly love Quip. It just... It's easy to travel with. It's really chic. It's really cute. And I feel like I'm doing something healthy and taking that extra step to take care of myself. That's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. And Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash be here right now, you can get your first refill pack free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash be here. That's G-E-T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash be here. So for my listeners that don't know, I mean, I'll explain in the intro, but the Dirty John podcast, the Dirty John TV show on Bravo is the true story of your family. I think if you describe it, it would be the best. Like in the, how do you describe the whole thing in a synopsis? Yeah. Okay. So my mom meets a guy Mm -hmm. on the internet He's a con artist. Surprise, surprise there. And then they fall in love and or she falls in love with him. He's conning her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she leaves him once, gets back together with him, um, then ends up leaving him and finding out the full truth about him. And then he ends up coming after me and attacking me in a parking garage. And I'm able to defend myself and kill my attacker essentially yeah which is insane and so cool and the walking dead comes into that because you killed him like a zombie <laughs> but what so you you had seen like that there's like a certain kill shot on the show well okay so in order to kill a zombie in like any film you kill them in the head uh-huh. like you have to kill their brain did you stab him in the head i did that was like the last two stab wounds were to the head and that was like the forehead and then the eye is actually like the softest softest point of entry Uh and then that's where I got him for the last one and like those are the two that I actually gave thought into where the other ones I like wasn't thinking as I was throwing back at that I'm so impressed by you I really I am I, I I have because I have been listening to a lot of true crime and a lot of like murder podcasts, I've been giving myself like bad dreams and, and oh, no. I'm sure you must have them all the time. So I'm not saying like <laughs> that, but I have like these visions of like, if something like that happened to me, would I react? Would I know to like, and I have this weird fantasy, like, I think I would, but like, I wish there was a way for me to know like a simulation or something. Cause like you never know. And it, you do come across so sweet, but like your survival instincts just kicked in. Is that, do you think Yeah, that- no, that's a hundred percent like what I think too is because 
like I've been in past relationships where like I talked about it a little bit on the Dirty John podcast, but where I was kind of in an abusive relationship with this guy where he ended up hitting me with a car at the end. And there are times where I feel like I should defend not he never hit me. Did you say he hit you with a car? He hit me with a car, but like never. Yes. But he never like hit me physically, but he did like one time hold me down to have his way with me mm-hmm. and I wish like in that moment I could have like fought back yeah and it's just so crazy that in that moment like I wasn't able to but this moment like everything went the way it should have happened was the difference that you didn't fear your life the first time yeah I think that like I knew this guy would never hurt me in that way mm-hmm. um but then it's also like you have this love for the person that you're with Mm -hmm. and so when this guy that you hated that your mom dated comes after you it's like it's a lot easier to defend yourself with him Mm -hmm. because you don't like him yeah but if but if the guy you were dating came at you in the same way that dirty john came at you i I would imagine you would be more scared i'd probably be more scared parking lot but I don't think I would have reacted that way. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, what are you doing here? You know? And when John came to attack me, I knew he was there to hurt me no matter what. Yeah. How did you know? How did he approach you? Well, okay. If you're okay talking about yeah, this. Yeah, of course. Um, So this is like one thing is that when I first met him, I met him one time when my mom was moving mm-hmm. and then came back to California from Nevada and um, was there for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And those were the only two times that I've ever met John. So it was like I've <sighs> only met him oh. twice. Uh-huh. And then fast forward, it's like a year and a half or something like that later and then that's he grabs me by the waist and looks me in the eye and says do you remember me and so the last time i saw john was like the when we like a year and a half yeah and i actually got into an argument with him and i ended up leaving and not going to thanksgiving and so it's like yeah i remember you you're a bad guy so Mm -hmm. in that moment i just tried to flee from him Uh uh-huh so you, he grabbed you, you just started to run, and then he came at you? Well, I tried to run, uh-huh. but I was unable to disconnect from him. Okay. It's so crazy to me. I didn't realize that that happened a year and a half later, and why would he Why would he target you a year and a half after? I think, well, some speculation is I think I was my mom's favorite. oh and so that was his way of getting back yeah and I was like her baby Mm -hmm. I was like the sweet one and my sister was like the firecracker she just was very feisty yeah and she didn't take crap so he probably went after the one that seemed like the best success rate of like grabbing her and like killing her yeah well Sucks for him because you were not that you were way tougher. I know. Uh, What were we going to say, Carrie? No. So did he stalk both of you guys for a while, both you and your sister? So he stalked my mom, me, and my sister. Mm -hmm. Did you notice any time he was stalking you before or that was, no, because it was the first time you saw him. 
So I always had this feeling like I was being watched. Mm-hmm. And I would like always like look over at my shoulder. But I could never confirm it. So that's an interesting thing. So a lot of a lot of I put a, a social media post up for my listeners like if they had any questions for you. And a lot of the questions were very close to like, not exactly that, but like, I guess it was more like when you meet a specific person, but let's just go off of that. Like, did you feel like, I feel like I'm being watched. Oh, am I crazy? Or am I being watched by John? Or is this like, did you, did you have a a sense about it that you just tried like to dismiss or? I really did try to dismiss it. And did you feel like it was him that you were getting the feeling from that was watching you? Or do you just think like. I thought it could be him. But then I was like, it can't. Like, I'm losing my mind. Like, I'm honestly during that time, I felt like I was losing my mind mm-hmm. because it was like this feeling of being watched. Mm-hmm. And then. I'm, and what did that feel like? Sorry. Just I, cause I'm, like a lot of my listeners have been like, like, yeah, how do you know? Like, what is it just like. It's You'd honestly, be walking to work and think like someone was just the sense. Yeah. You got to trust your gut. Uh-huh. You really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the sense of like walking. And then I remember walking home from like the bars one time in Newport mm-hmm. to my place. And that's like a couple miles. By and yourself at night? Yeah. I like okay, to We're walk. not doing that again. I like to walk too, but not right. at night. Yeah. And it was like at three o'clock in the morning too. Mm-hmm. And I was just like. Someone could grab me and I feel like I'm really being watched right now. And I like, I probably was being watched, but it wasn't the right timing for him to make his move. I wonder why though. That seems like the perfect timing. Yeah. No, because, um, well, his sister said one time that John always wanted to grab someone in a parking garage. He would express that to his sister. Yeah. Because he would threaten them sometimes. And he, he wanted to, it, and it was daylight too, right? Um, well, when what he grabbed me, it was like around, it would have been like daylight. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. He would express that to his sister. Yeah. But like he joked, he, he joked, but he was being serious, mm-hmm. but he was threatening them to grab them in a parking garage too. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, they were just like, oh, that's John always like threatened us with that so that makes sense why he would grab you in a parking garage that was a very he was just a psychopath huh mm-hmm. that's so weird so I'm sorry I'm just reeling from that that like he actually said that to someone and like that's how that oh no he said a lot of sick things to people did anyone ever report him before uh so he had a lot of victims mm-hmm. um now survivors Mm -hmm. but there was one woman in Laguna Beach there I think he like broke no she fought back and like broke his teeth or something was this someone he had dated or just a someone that he dated okay and um like he assaulted her Mm -hmm. and then he fell down and broke all his teeth or something like that so I'm like this story's not mine so it's like I'm only getting bits and pieces and I don't know how much is like 100% the truth. But I know that he ended up getting this woman to pay for his veneers. The woman that he assaulted? Yes. So he was just that good of a con man? Mm-hmm. But okay, so like you and your sister though, when you met him, you guys sensed that he was a con man like right away? Yes, but okay, so 
I got a message the other day mm-hmm. from the Porter Ranch woman's daughter. Okay. And she... Explain who that is. Uh, she was one of John's victims. Mm-hmm. He conned her and sent a bunch of nude photos and stuff of mm-hmm. this woman to the girls, her daughter's schools. Okay. Um, I actually got a message from one of the daughters and they, she was telling me a little bit about herself. Her and her sister are two blonde girls. So John never liked my sister and I like mm-hmm. right away. And I, don't know if that had anything to do with like maybe his previous relationships mm-hmm. and that he had a bad experience with like two blonde girls. Maybe. Yeah. So it was like he was pinned up against us and like he already didn't like us like going into us. Like he was so just like close um, minded and like didn't want to give us answers. Didn't yeah. want to connect with us. See that to me though that makes him like a bad con. Well, I guess a good comment and a bad comment because like they usually they try to isolate you or yes. isolate the like your mom yes. technically from the people around her. But at the same time, like he's also giving off so many red flags by by being so rude to your mom's you know you guys. Yeah. That I don't know. He couldn't have been that smart. Carrie, what do you got? Question. Uh, you're still friends with uh, his ex-wife's. Daughters, daughters, right? Yes. Uh, it was Tanya's daughters? Yes, Tanya's daughters, Emily and Abigail. So Jamie uh, from the Murderish podcast was saying that you've traveled and you're good, really good friends with at least one of the daughters. Yes, Emily. And when people are like, how do you guys know each other? You say, well, I killed her dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, does she, what does she say? I Well, like, she says it. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, she killed my dad. And we were just kind of really laugh. funny. I like dark humor like that. Yeah, no, I, we have, like, a kind of messed up sense of humor. And it's just like, oh, like, we're like, oh, we're sisters. Did she even really know her dad, though? Like, did she have an emotional attachment to him? I mean, I so guess it, it is her blood, but. He, like, tried to have a relationship, but not really with her. Mm-hmm. Um... It was just complicated, and he, like, had supervised visits and stuff at one point. But then at one point, I think he was able to take them. Mm -hmm. And, like, he had another girlfriend that he would, like, take them with and stuff. So it was just, like, I think he tried but not tried too hard. It was Mm -hmm. just, like, there. And then who knows, like how he feels about them and stuff like Mm -hmm. I'm sure he had like this connection and stuff but him with his mental disorder it's just like he could never fully love them like they needed to be loved what is his specific mental disorder Um, was he ever diagnosed he was never diagnosed but a lot of experts say he was a psychopath oh for sure yeah, yeah I would go with that was he actually um a drug addict like they depict yes but my mom didn't help him get sober or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't ever Did she even, see him. She do didn't drugs, even know no. he was. Yeah. Yeah. People can hide that. Like, yes. Yeah. That's not. Okay. That's interesting. So. How, so he only met you two times. Yes. And. Well, but I like stayed the weekend with him. So it was like two weekends. Okay. 
did you ever did you actually pull your mom aside like they show in the show and be like why do you why do you like this guy what what's going on here so that scene happened but it happened a little bit differently Mm -hmm. i wasn't snooping through his stuff Mm -hmm. i went into my mom's bedroom to get a Mm q-tip and i saw all his stuff was there and then i like confronted her about that i was just like all his stuff is here you're lying to me he's actually moving in like you're just lying right now Mm -hmm. and then i also brought up the fact that he was driving her car everywhere that he says he's an anesthesiologist but he doesn't have a car and the excuse was the insurance money didn't come through yet Mm -hmm. but when you have good insurance like you get that money right away yeah (laughs) if you have bad insurance you have to wait and if you're an anesthesiologist then you're gonna get a car right away yeah, but insurance money for what? I don't understand. You don't need insurance oh, money to get a car. He said that all his cars, cars, <laughs> parole, got stolen out of storage. Oh, Along I with see, like I a see. bike and stuff. So. What a con man. Right? Visually, was he, were you like, this guy's not what he says he is? I just was like always having suspicions of what was coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when people come up with elaborate stories, like, of course, when I tell people that I got stabbed and like all that, like some people don't believe me. And that's actually a good trait to not believe people sometimes. Really? Like oh, that. explain that. Why do you think that is? Because... Um, <laughs> Most people don't have, like, elaborate stories like I do. It's True. not like... But it makes you special. It does, and very interesting. It but, does. Like, for him to have all his stuff stolen, and it was just, like, such an elaborate story that he just got back from Iraq, and so it was just like, okay, like, this sounds really strange. I see what you're you saying. Know? Yeah, 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 where you're just like, this is not... I, I don't... The timeline, yeah. you didn't... You weren't in Iraq, then also graduated college at that time, but then also were married with kids. I'm like, it's not adding up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like sometimes elaborate stories are like, okay to be cautious of. Okay. And that's a good thing. So people will just not really believe you about yours? Oh, some. Well, now they do because they, they can Google it. Yeah. There. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have to. Yeah. What do you got? She, she showed me her stab wounds. Oh, Where yeah. exactly are they? The one's on my forearm. Let me see. Okay, I see, yeah, a little scar. And then once, like, I can show you guys. How many times were you stabbed? Uh, twice, technically. Uh-huh. And then I had, like, a slice on my face. Thank God that didn't scar. You have such a pretty oh, face. thank you. Wouldn't that have been a nightmare? It would have been. <laughs> that would have been the worst tragedy <laughs> of all. I was, like, mad about this. I was, like, I don't even. I don't like... even see that. I really don't even see okay, that one on your good. arm. I was, yeah. like. Is laser working for this? Yeah, no, you can't see that. <laughs> They're like, no, Tara, it won't get that. I'm like, oh, okay. Do you guys know how important it is to give yourself little gifts and celebrate little wins? And that's why I subscribe to FabFitFun. It just makes me feel so special when I receive my FabFitFun box in the mail. So if you don't already know about it, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. The box I received is amazing. And each season's box features a variety of amazing quality brands like Tarte, Kate Somerville, Anthropology, Free People, Dr. Brandt, and that's just the beginning of it. And you don't want to miss out because they sell out fast. Give yourself some fun, just gifts this summer it's just so exciting and it just makes you feel so good and so special and fabfitfun retails for $49.99 but always has a value of over $200 but if you use my coupon code be here you're going to get $10 off your first 
box at www.fabfitfun.com. So check out www.fabfitfun.com and use code B here so you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use code B here. You deserve to treat yourself. So when the attack happened, like your survival instincts kicked in, like what were you like having an out of body experience or do you remember everything that happened? Like, okay, so after it happened, I only remember bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that happen from trauma or PTSD where you just sort of blank things out? Yes. And it's like you just block out certain parts of the trauma Mm -hmm. in order to like cope and get on with your everyday, basically. Um, But then, so... uh, yeah, sorry, I got distracted. Okay. Um, which is kind of part of it. Sometimes you get distracted talking about your trauma. Um, oh yeah, and if you don't want to talk too much about oh, no, it, that's it's fine. Okay. Um, but it was just like it was kind of out of body. But then I was like, I knew what I was doing, but then like it felt like something was taking over. It was just like my body's reaction to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And like a then, fight or flight type of thing. Yeah. And I was like scared, but I was also more so annoyed. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I love that. You're like, you're fucking up my day, dude. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to get to a country concert. Yeah. So I was just like, really like, why now? Like, <laughs> are you going to, are you going to do this right now? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Carrie's saying like, no, no one messes with the country. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So I was just like, not today, Satan. <laughs> and then I was just like trying to get away from him. Like, hopefully people would help me and then like just take him away. That's your dog came into play. Yeah, no, my dog attacked him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I was trying to flee. My dog was attacking him and then I was unable to disconnect from him. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up on my back on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then um, this is actually the best thing to do. I've talked to, like, a lot of police officers. Okay. This is good. Listen, listeners, if this happens to you. Yes. Use your legs. Okay. I've actually had someone message me, told me that they used that, and they were able to fight off their attacker the other day. See, you're helping people. Yes. This is so cool. Yes. Yeah, I just smacked her in the arm. I got so excited. No, that is. No, but, like, when you share your story and stuff, it does help people, like, I know this was a horribly traumatic thing for you, but I do think like you talking about it and like your family talking about it and the warning signs and just things like that, like use your legs. You're stopping people from, you know, horrible things that could be happening to them. What do you think that you would do in this situation, Rachel? I feel like, well, I can't say I don't want to sound like a hero, like I would fight, but I think I would. I think I would. I think I would really attack hard. I feel like I would be okay with like, gouging someone's eyes out using my legs i 100 percent would be leonardo dicaprio being attacked by the bear and the revenant and i would just lay there and get mauled oh <laughs> isn't that what you're supposed to do in a bear attack or no yeah it's a human attack different than a bear attack i think no i don't know that's i don't just me. yeah that's just you and you know what good for you <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. So the girl, so the, uh, this girl actually like got away from something by using. Yeah, she said she was like in a bicycle attack or something, and then she like fell down and then she fought off her attacker. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get too much of it 
like because I didn't want to pry yeah but I was just like thank you so much for sharing with me and I was like bawling my eyes out as I was reading this because I was like this is why I'm speaking and sharing my story so women like this can survive absolutely you need to write a book I'm just saying it well thanks maybe that might happen one day probably will Um, I listened to, I don't know if you've ever listened to the My Favorite Murder podcast, but it's super, super popular. Um, it, well, I heard about it. They kind of want to get on. on it. I don't think they ever really have guests on, but I feel like they would make an exception for you. Do they? Her publicist here. Yeah, they don't, but no, but I think they have for their live shows. You need to be on it because they're, first of all, they're very funny. Um, because it's a, it's a true crime comedy podcast, but they, um, they also, they do like a, a favorite murder of the week. They share one and but they also, they've been doing this for years, and they also give a lot of insight from the things that they've learned and from people that have messaged them and emailed them. And a lot of it is kind of like how you reacted, where it was like, one of the things they say is fuck politeness, which I love, where it's yeah. like, because women, you feel like, oh, well, he's probably just nice. like uh, Or like, oh, my mom's boyfriend. I don't want to like interfere in their relationship. I'm sure he's fine. But like you and your sister were both kind of like fuck politeness. Like we have yeah. a bad feeling about this guy. And... All right, we took a quick pause because we were talking about Tara getting on the My Favorite Murder podcast. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I thought they would love to have you. I'm sure. I don't know them personally, but I'm just saying that. But they would. Um, but one of the things they say is like "fuck politeness." Like, where you and your sister were like, "We're not gonna just pretend like we like this creepy guy that our mom is dating." Like, you guys both stood up to it, and like, yes, it was like to the point where you got attacked and everything. But like it. Just and the other thing is like notice red flags and the certain things about, you know, not being alone. And I think that there's just so much like if when people start sharing all this stuff and like you sharing, like use your legs and do all this stuff, it it's making women more aware of their surroundings. Yes. And not be like fuck politeness, like not being like, oh, I mean, I guess I'll go on another date with this guy. Like, yeah, he was weird. and I didn't really trust his stories, but I'm sure he's nice. Like, no. Like, don't. He's probably weird. If you feel like he's weird, just like you felt like you were being watched, you were being watched. Yes. Like, you weren't crazy. Yeah, no, trust your gut 100%. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I think the other thing that people really want to hear about, and you seem to be doing awesome. You look beautiful. And, like, you're doing cool stuff. Your publicist is here. And, you know, you're living your life, dating. Um, But I think people are really curious to hear, like, what happens after this? Like, what kind of, like... PTSD like how do you move on all of that kind of thing and I want to read some questions from some of my listeners okay because a lot of them had those had those type of questions I have my own but they really summed them up very well so I'm going to ask them is that okay with you that is okay okay so I'm just gonna say some of their names Jen Golden who has a podcast (laughs) um she said, what are some signs to look for in a dirty John so we know not to date one? Like, what did you Ooh. and your sister notice? So the very first thing I noticed with John mm-hmm. was he did not want to give direct eye contact when we were talking. Oh, good one. Yes. That's a huge red flag. Um, Would he give direct eye contact to your mom? I think here and there. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't, like, con- stay consistent with it. Okay. Did she ever say anything to you guys? Like, he doesn't really look me in the eye or... No. She was being proud. Like, she didn't want to be like, this relationship is not necessarily working out. Okay. So, he love bombed her, Mm -hmm. which is like... a thing. Explain what that is. Okay. So, it's when a guy, like... This is a real term, guys, and you really want listeners, you really want to stay away from this. 
So when a guy is like a little too into it and he's pursuing you a little too hard, like maybe carrying your purse, um, making you breakfast every day, just like doing everything he knows that you would like and just like doing it consistently and like basically never being able to give you a break Mm -hmm. to really step aside and think like, hey, this guy's doing all these things, but I wonder if there's an ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. It's like they don't give you kind of space, but they know exactly what to do where it doesn't annoy you, but where you're just feeling like you're getting all this love. Yeah. I remember hearing that term a a long time ago and being like, that is so, I've dated people like that where they do stuff like that. It's a, it's a real kind of sociopathic thing that people do. Yeah. And did you feel like he was also isolating your mom from family, friends? Yes. Because he like, he more so wouldn't look us in the eye, like my sister and I, and, um, it was just like, he didn't want to engage with us. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he never wanted to, like, not be, me- like, not be nice to us. Because mm-hmm. then my mom would see that and be like, oh, this guy's a horrible guy. Yeah. So it was always, like, trying to put in the front for my mom. Yeah. And then when we were just, like, trying to ask him questions, he'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I went there. Do you feel yeah. like he was trying to make you and your sister look like brats to your mom? Because that's how they kind of make it in the show. I feel like that a little bit mm-hmm. because his thing he would use is your kids are only talking to you for your money. And I'm like, sir, you're that's only not talking true. to her. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he, he would <laughs> steal like her gift cards and stuff and then tell her that we were stealing her gift cards. Did she believe him? She did. Because, like, we may have, like, taken her credit card before and, like, used it up a couple times. But, like, we wouldn't, like... You're also her kids. Yeah. We, like, wouldn't go steal her credit card. We, like... She would always know we had it. Yeah. And then we wouldn't go steal her gift cards. Yeah. Ugh, what a douche. Yeah. Um, Okay. How close to real life was the show? And was it hard for you to relive when you had to watch it? So... That was Kelly. I'm going to, like answer that a little differently mm-hmm. um so it was extremely hard to watch the show because a lot of those things did happen but not exactly the way that they happen on the tv show like a few mm-hmm. things happen like that but not like there was a conversation I had with my mom about a relationship I had Mm -hmm. and that fully like there was bits and pieces that may have been a little true yeah but overall like that conversation was completely flipped and twisted to be different you know that's tv though yeah yeah so it's like just a, a lot of the events happened and maybe not like my mom sobering up John Mm -hmm. but a lot of the other events happened and so it's like it's so hard to watch that Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be honest I watched every episode once and the last one three times but the last one I watched three times just to process through it Mm -hmm. was that recommended to you but I assume you get therapy for this um, so I actually watched like a few of the trailers and stuff with my therapist and then we would go through it, see what bothers me about it and then discuss it and work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall it's just triggering. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm yeah. sure. 
So it's good to stay away from watching it. Yeah. Is that what your therapist recommends to try to stay away from it? Yeah. Or just watch it with her. Okay. How about like, I mean, even like what we're talking about now, is that recommended for you or? I haven't really asked. Okay. Well, actually I've asked in the past and it more so I was with a Christian therapist then Mm -hmm. and her response was like, well, pray about it and see like what answers come to you okay carrie want this question okay so when we had dinner together i remember like you would just kind of bring up like oh my mom and john in like casual conversation and to me i was like there was a point where i was like okay at what point do we address the elephant in the room you're the girl from dirty john do we talk about john or do we talk about him like he's like this entity that's just your stepdad And it made me really like empathize with you. Like you're this public figure. And how do you deal with, I guess, the aftermath, you know? And I guess we'll probably talk about PTSD. That might be one of the questions. But like once some of this is gone, like this is still your reality. Yeah. Um, Well, it's just like interesting because like I want to separate from it sometimes. But then... When I think about John and his name and all of that, like, seeing all that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to, but now it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of... What do you mean by all that stuff? Just, like, seeing the show stuff? Seeing the stuff, or seeing the show stuff, talking mm-hmm. about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyone just bringing up him. Mm-hmm. It just used to really bug me because that name did have some power over me. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, like... That name, so many people have that name. Like, it's just a name. Dirty John, that's the name of the TV show and the podcast to me. Like, it's not his name. This is a really random question. Do you think you could ever date someone named John? Probably not, though. Like, what if he was, like, the love of your life? Oh, I'm going to be like, maybe we could call you Johnny. Listen, yeah, I was like, I don't think God would hand you that card. I don't think that... There's no way. Yeah. Unless God really has that big of a sense of humor, but like I don't think so. You know what? He just might with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I have been rocking the most comfortable and stylish shoes lately. I walked five miles in my Rothies the other day and my feet felt like heaven. So have you heard about this company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles? Oh, and like I said, they're insanely comfortable and machine washable. Rothy's has quickly grown to a most loved gotta have them brand and it's no surprise they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. Rothy's are everyday flats for life on the go. They're stylish and versatile and they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts and Rothy's come in a wide range of colors and patterns and they're available in four different silhouettes. Plus, they're constantly launching new styles so you're guaranteed to find a pair or three, you'll love. They launch new colors and patterns every few weeks and they sell out constantly. I got the gray ones. I'm obsessed with them. They go with everything. Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns exchanges. No risk, no worries, no reason not to try. And this part just blows my mind. They're made from recycled plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills. That's so exciting. You're going to quickly discover why BuzzFeed called them their forever shoes. Check out all the amazing styles right now available at rothys.com slash be here. Just go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash be here to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. 
These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash be here today. Okay, let's see. Uh, next question from Vivian. What gave you the first bad gut feeling? Like what was you or your sisters? Like what was the like, besides you said like he didn't maintain eye contact and stuff, but like when you first met him, were you like, because they make they make him seem like he was really dressed dishevelly. Those khaki shorts were like a lot to take in. Um, <laughs> it was a, an assault yeah, to the I eyes. I didn't think that was that bad. And when he was showing up dressed badly, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie goes, that was his biggest crime. <laughs> the scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sh- I wasn't at that event whatsoever, but mm-hmm. it was... Um, cocktails for the cure it was like a event for breast cancer and your mom was truly dressed to the yeah. nines and he showed up in scrubs and then he showed up in scrubs maybe he thought maybe it's a cocktail thing for breast cancer like show up like you're gonna help <laughs> no i feel like that was probably part of his con we're like oh look i'm like a doctor yeah look, look at me i was so busy but i rushed in yeah but the real doctors are dressed in suits at those yeah events. true 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 <laughs> So what 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 was your first if you can think of it your first like bad gut feeling about him the car incident so we drove back from California Pizza Kitchen we got mm-hmm. food and we pulled up to my mom's place and my mom got out of the car and I tried to get out and my the back had a child lock on it was and he so, driving no he was in the passenger seat okay but I was like oh hey John can you let me out. I guess he didn't hear me or chose not to hear me. And then I said it again a bit louder. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, John, can you let me out? Like a little pissed off, too. And then he just got out of the car and walked upstairs. Ooh. And so I literally had to what like. What a sociopathic move. Right? It was just like a, such a control. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what that yeah. is. And Oh, that gives me the creeps. That is such yeah. a bad first gut feeling. Yeah. yeah. That was my first gut feeling. And I had to like call my mom. Can you come down and let me out of your car? (gasps) Do you know what's... Oh my God. But I think about like... Think about like... I I bet we can all think back to a time when we dated someone. Where they did... Not even specifically that. But they did something weird where you were like... That was a weird control thing. But I guess I'll let it slide. But like... You either heard me ask for something. Or tell you I didn't want something. Or... Specifically, said I didn't appreciate if you did something, and it was like they just were gonna do it anyways. Like I feel like that is like a very common, bizarre control thing. Another red flag, guys. So I'm never like noticed it in my past relationships, Mm -hmm. even like with that one guy. It was just a weird relationship. I think he also had a drug problem. Okay. (laughs) Well, he for sure did. That'll do it. Um. So I think a lot of his issues were from that, and not so much having a mental disorder. Yeah. I feel like I've noticed just weird things like that in people that I've dated, though. Yeah. Nothing terrible, but just like a weird sign of like, you just did something bizarre and you know that you did. I don't know. Have you, Carrie? Oh, my God. That's all I date. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I just date red flags. Yeah. Okay. So next question. I forgot to write their name down. In hindsight, after knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently? Nothing at all. Good. Glad you fucking yeah, killed him. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what else were you going to do? I don't know if they meant, like, mention something more to your mom before, but there was nothing you could do. Like, you can't. It's like telling someone that has, like, a drug problem or something. Like, hey, you have a problem. You need yeah. to go 
get help. They're like, cool, screw you. It's like they need to go get help themselves. They need to hit their own rock bottom. It's yes, like you can't exactly. ever really convince someone of something. What, Carrie? Question. Okay, so as I get older, and your mom is like, she is still like very pretty, um, put together. She has money, everything else. What attracted her t- to to John? Like, and I say that as somebody who uh, sometimes I see red flags, but I ignore them because I feel like I'm getting older. So it's like I'm willing to overlook certain things. I think that's a very good question. I think that anyone, as they're getting older, thinks that where they're like, "Well, I didn't meet him yet, so I guess yeah. like, oh, you start to lower yeah. certain standards." Yeah, yeah. Um. So, do you think she was lowering her standards for him, or? Yeah, I hate to say this, but she dated a couple guys, so I really think that she just liked the fact that she was getting love bombed, Mm -hmm. and that this guy like had time for her, and just like it's so nice when like you work so much, and then you're like, hey, can I get together? And then this person's like, yeah, available. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Where normally you're like fighting with someone to find time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people could fall into that trap. It's hard to recognize what the difference between love bombing and like, oh, this seems like a pretty healthy relationship that they're just making time for me. Yeah. Do you know that if there was any way to discern that? Um. So one way I actually read a book. I can't remember. I think it was called Psychopath Free. It's <laughs> uh, a great title. Yes. Shout um, out to whoever wrote that. Yes. So I read that book and one of the ways to actually help yourself with that is to distance yourself and give their space between between seeing this person. So like just like a like a week at a time for example yeah. to be like, "Oh, is that normal?" Yeah. Okay. And that's actually like what I told one of my friends to do when she started dating mm-hmm. and she was like seeing this guy every single day. I was like Give it some space. Mm-hmm. See if you really like him when he's not around. Yeah. You're like, friend, listen yeah. to me. I am, can give you the best advice for what's gone through with my yeah. family. Um, how, okay, so Marissa asked, and I think we're all asking this, how have you, and you're probably not ever going to get over it, but how have you started to heal, get over everything? You said therapy, but... Lots of therapy, but um, this one particular type of therapy called EMDR therapy. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, explain what that is again. So um, at first you established your safe place mm-hmm. and your space to like go back to whenever things get hard. Um, and then you go through the triggers, but you have either like buzzers or they do sometimes things with, uh, like, following your finger with the light. Mm-hmm. And it just has something to do with um, a sensory thing, mm-hmm. with, like, going through and talking about it and then adding on that other sensor, you mm-hmm. know? And then each time you go through it, it's supposed to, like, lessen your trauma. And they're supposed to, like, ask you, like, how do you feel about your trauma now? And it's supposed to give you kind of, like, different perspectives of, like, what you did right and stuff Mm -hmm. and then the triggers are supposed to go away and it's supposed to be like kind of not magic because it takes a lot of work yeah but it's retraining your brain to look at it in a different way yeah or and so it rewires your brain Mm -hmm. and at the end of like completing everything you're not supposed to be triggered from that 
Have you completed it? No. Yeah, I've I only imagine it takes a long time. Yeah, I've only gone through a few triggers. And then I started in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to California. So I wasn't with that therapist anymore. So now I actually just did my first session today okay. with my new EMDR, EMDR therapist. But I didn't start the EMDR therapy yet mm-hmm. just like the first like session like getting to know each other yeah because it's only been three years since it happened um a little less than three years it will be three years in august yeah that's not very long for yeah. something that major so what happened what happened like when you went to the hospital obviously after it happened and then what was your life like just days afterwards like what were like did counselors come in and therapists and say like we need to handle this right away or so I actually got transferred to a different hospital mm-hmm. because I ended up having a stab wound underneath my left, uh, left breast. Mm-hmm. And um, so they had me in the hospital for, I think, one or two days. I was on a lot of stuff, so I don't really remember too mm-hmm. much at that time. Um, but... It was just like I had surgery mm-hmm. to see if I was bleeding out, and I think the Lord I was not. Mm-hmm. And um, then I go back. Um, my mom, she's just in shock, mm-hmm. and so I need like I just had a surgery, so I need a lot of help. Yeah. And luckily, my ex-boyfriend flew in to help me out and he was with me for a couple of days before he had to go back to bar rescue and he just like (coughs) he was there for me Mm -hmm. um yeah it was really nice because my mom was just so much in shock that she didn't know what to do yeah I mean that's you don't know how your body and your brain are gonna handle things like that and yeah yeah and then I think feel like everyone like my friends and stuff kept on trying to see me afterwards and then it was just like a healing process Mm -hmm. from there and just trying to figure out what was going on with me even and well nothing was going on with you like like PTSD and stuff like the aftermath and Mm -hmm. just like figuring out that and navigating that yeah which is probably going to still take time, you know? Yeah, but I wanted to tell everyone I was okay. Yeah. And so people would ask me, like, how you're doing? And I would see them crying over what I would went, like, what I went through. And mm-hmm. I would just be like, stop crying. Like, yeah, get over it. Like, I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're just being tough. Yeah. Have you always been tough like that? Like, when you were younger? Um. Well, I just don't want people to feel bad for me. I don't know. I think that pe- if, if I was to guess, I mean, I'm not like a f- family or maybe you're a new friend, but um, but if I was to guess, it's like I don't know that people I don't think people feel sorry for you. I think it's like they're like probably like this is a horrible thing that happened. But I think that most people are probably very impressed by how you handled it and how it seems that you're handling it now. I mean, but do you feel like you have to hold it together more so for everyone else or are you able to now kind of like in that moment yes Mm -hmm. and then now it's kind of like you know what like they didn't go through that like Mm -hmm. I can just be how I need to be absolutely and I think you take that one day at a time and you figure that out yeah yeah um can I ask you and you don't have to answer this but I guess I forgot about this part until we were 
talking. Um, your mom's sister. Cindy. Yeah, that whole part of it. How does that play into it and how true is all of that? Um, I really don't know how much that plays into it, to be honest. But why do they, they, they harp so much on that in the show? So I think they wanted to kind of show patterns and yeah. that like her, like my mom's situation, it could have turned into her sister's situation mm-hmm. and that we're just lucky that we haven't lost another family member from something like that. Yeah. Because I don't know necessarily if it's a pattern or just sort of coincidence because they are two very, very different scenarios. Yeah. That was your sister's well, husband. Yes, but in a sense, like, or he your, did. Sorry, your mom's sister's husband. Your mom's sister's husband. But in a sense, he did use coercive control on her. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of showing two coercive controlled relationships. Mm-hmm. And your grandmother... Do you think her playing a part in being so forgiving had anything to do with it? Not anything to do with what happened. I'm saying, like, that just the mentality of, like, your mom being so sweet and, like, forgiving. Did that maybe come from her mom? Well, I... Or was that a cope... Sorry. Is that a co- or was that a coping mechanism from your grandma just to deal with, like, you want to forgive someone because that helps you to heal? Well, I think it comes from the fact of, like christianity and like her having her religion and stuff is just like in that religion we're taught to forgive and i'm a hundred percent supportive of my grandma like i do not forgive this person for doing what they did to my aunt but for my grandma to need to have that i understand I totally understand it, too. Yeah. Because a lot of times you forgive people to heal yourself. Yes. You know? And it's like, I don't want to hate this person because do I want to live with that hate every day? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, someone that doesn't have hate in their heart, that's a good person. Yeah, no. And I think it's it's actually a pretty evolved way to live, sort of, you know? That's just their own thing. I just, I totally forgot about that part, so. Um, So for you, like, what's... What's next? It's mostly like you, you, you have to focus on healing for sure. And how much a, of your daily life does that involve? Um, do you have nightmares? So I got triggered not too long ago by a guy grabbing me in a bar, not even like aggressively or anything, just moving me so mm-hmm. he could shoot his pool ball. Okay. Um, but he grabbed me the, by the waist, like John did. Oy. Yeah. And that's a huge trigger. I didn't, like, hit him or anything. I just got extremely angry at him. And I said, don't touch me like that ever. And then, like, he was really drunk. <laughs> uh-huh. So he didn't get it. So I literally went and told the bouncer. And then, like, you know what? Some places, if you feel like a guy is threatening you, mm-hmm. the bouncers will actually help you out. As Good, long yeah. as you're nice to them and stuff. Yeah. But the bouncer made this guy. He was like, what do you want? to happen with this guy and I was like honestly I just want to apologize for him to be away from me yeah and then he Good. like went up to the guy to see what like he was wanting to do and the guy came up and apologized to me and you know what hopefully he gets it next time that touching a girl like that just is like a girl not them. okay yeah. yeah yeah so what 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 advice would you give um any any girls or guys that are in potentially like love bombing or coercive situations like what kind of advice would you give them like how do they 
safely get out or how do they notice these things? I mean, you've kind of said it, but honestly, getting out, don't just leave sometimes. It's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to just flee and leave, but figure out smartly how to do it. Like, mm-hmm. try to read this guy. Confide in a friend. Even go to the police and try to get help and be like, how do I leave this person? I mean, sometimes the police won't help you as like they did, like they didn't help my mom out, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You hear those stories time and time again. I listen to all the true crime podcasts where they're like, the police are like, no, we don't have enough evidence. It's like, you seemed like you had enough to do something a little bit. Like, yeah, you don't just dismiss it. Exactly. But like, you have to go to the legal system first. Mm hmm. Make it a point that you're scared. If they don't listen, you know what? Find an organization that will. Okay. There's so many out there. Um, I think there's even one in L.A. that's like, um, it's not safe haven. It's, But there's so many out mm-hmm. there. And there's so many resources. If you just type in Google, like, mm-hmm. woman abuse. Yeah so many numbers will come up Mm -hmm. and then um they'll also warn you on a lot of the websites like here's a number to call if you don't want this on your browsing history oh Mm -hmm. wait and then what happens and then you can just call the number and then clear your browsing history so it doesn't even show that you were googling that stuff oh that is such a cool tip that is great thank you for sharing that of course and then just call that number and and you don't you can't remember what the what the number is or what the name of it is. It's like an eight hundred number. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay, listeners, I'll put it in the show notes. May have screenshotted it the other day. Too. Okay, we'll find it after. Um. So what's next for you? Like, let's round this out with like you've been through an incredible experience, and I think you're handling it incredibly well. Um. What do you want to do next? So I just want to inform other ladies and continue speaking about how to ignore or find red flags in relationships Mm -hmm. and also how to survive an attack and then also talking about PTSD and how to get help if you have a trauma or Mm -hmm. experienced a trauma. Yeah. Have you ever thought about like an intensive, like like going to like an intensive thing where you do like, you know, 30, 60 days somewhere where you like just that's all you focus on is trying to get over the PTSD? Or you'd rather uh, do it like weekly? I don't have time for that. Yeah. You're busy. You're busy. <laughs> doing podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, uh, here, do you want to hold on? Um, so Emily, her PR just chimed in because I'm just berating Portera with all these like horrible questions and. <laughs> Emily just reminded you of the a lot of the cool stuff you're doing. So you're doing a tour, a speaking tour on domestic violence for colleges. That's and boy, do they need it. So with Chi Omega's your first one. I, oh, Alpha Chi Omega. Alpha Chi Omega. I don't know sorority names either. <laughs> that, I was like, I'm not gonna remember what she just said. <laughs> That's great. So because the, their 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 philanthropy is domestic violence, and so yes. you're gonna just start teaching. Yeah, you're gonna do like a tour and then go talk to them about like how to survive attacks red flags and whatever their needs may be Mm -hmm. i definitely i i think you need to do all the things to reach people the book that uh go on to all all the talk shows like people need to hear from someone that has really experienced it and yeah are going through it 
Do you feel do you feel like it's he- it's healing you to talk about it and help people? I feel like that it's healing a certain part of it. Mm-hmm. Like there's parts where I don't really get questions about and it doesn't really heal those parts, but it heals like What are the ones that what are the questions you'd like to be asked? Well, I don't really want to be asked oh, those you don't questions. Be asked. Okay. <laughs> so Got I'm it. okay not talking about okay. like the hospital experience okay. and like screaming at bloody murder when I'm there and stuff. So like there's it's good to talk about the part of the trauma that I want to help people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a, there's, a, I think it might even be an AA saying, I forget where I like listened to it on like a TED talk or something. It was like sharing your pain cuts the pain in half and like, and like share and like sharing, like, your, like even just how to like learn from it. And they say like sharing your joy, like doubles the joy or whatever. But like, I think that like just by, I don't know, doing your best to help people in this scenario can only be healing yeah no Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel good because it's like I don't want this to happen to another girl where they're put in this scenario Mm -hmm. and I'm one of the lucky ones and I just would like for those girls that go through something similar to not be unlucky I want Mm -hmm. them to be survivor like me yeah that's great there's no better way to end it than on that I love that thank you so much for doing this you are an incredibly, incredibly strong woman. I almost called you a girl, but you are a woman. Just because you're a few years younger than me. Um, <laughs> you are incredibly strong, and I think that the coolest shit's going to happen for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you seem to be doing all the right things to heal, and I think all that takes time. Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much for doing this and well, sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, tell everyone where they can find you on your socials and where like, where they can find this tour stuff. If okay. Well, I guess you have to be in a sorority to see it. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, my Instagram is Tara Newell, T-E-R-R-A, last name Newell, N-E-W-E-L-L. And then my website where I do talk about PTSD and travel and a bunch of fun stuff on there. It's my first and last name, TaraNewell.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank Guys, you. follow her. You can only benefit from learning how to, you know, see the red flags and... Keep it protect yourself.